0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 20th, 2020. Fearfully and wonderfully made, heart. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Good morning, CCC. Here in the sanctuary, you out there at home or wherever you might be. Oh, here, there, everywhere. Good morning. This morning we continue our series, fearfully and wonderfully made. So far we've looked at uh, uh, some of the things that God has put us, uh, helped put us together with, our feet, our eyes. This morning we're going to be looking at our heart.
1: Well good morning Connection Church. Good morning. morning. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Carrie Jones.
0: My name is Alan Jones. Before we go further I got to give a little, 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 little interruption here. Oh okay. If you see a little, little place on my head here it's Contrary to popular belief, I wasn't in a street fight last night. I had a little cancer spot. removed. incredible how a little spot turns into a four-inch gash with stitches, but that's what happened. So that's what, yes. See, Everything's I didn't, looking I didn't, good, though. I didn't say it was karaoke. I said a street fight, but it was actually a little right. cancer spot there. There we go. Right. There we go.
1: We are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a great day. It's a day that you've made. It's a day that you have a purpose and a plan for each one of us. And now settle us in wherever we are, right here in the sanctuary, in our homes, at work, maybe on vacation, maybe on the road. But Lord, give us some some ears to hear what you would have for us today. Thank you for making us fearfully and wonderfully. And we give this time to you as we take a look at the heart. We pray this in your name. Everybody agreed and said,
0: amen. Amen, Amen. Before
1: you get started, I want to just give a couple shout outs. while we have, according to my phone on Facebook, we have 56 households joining us. So that's awesome. Plus, there are those on YouTube that we can't see. So if you're on YouTube watching us, grab your phone so that we know that you're there or sign in through that Connect card. But we do want to say good morning to Nancy and Carrie Ann from college and the Arnold family. And... You know what? Uh, we have a wedding anniversary, the Foskies, and we have Dave Dowdy. Heal, Dave. Uh, we've been praying for you and the Macbeths and the Mueller's and the Elys, and Monica and Sheldon and Andrea. We just want to say we are so glad that you are here with us today. We're glad for everybody, but right now we're Sheldon's a miracle, and we're just so <laughs> grateful. We also see some faces here that we haven't seen for a while, so we're really happy that you're joining us as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So the human heart, an exquisite, miraculous device God created, (laughs) you know, it weighs less than a pound, yet it beats about 100,000 times a day. And so in a lifetime, an average lifespan, that's 2.5 billion heartbeats. Isn't that just mind-boggling? It is to me. The vast system of blood vessels connected to it, arteries, veins, capillaries, all that stuff, is over 60,000 miles long. Put your brain around that. 60,000 miles of blood carrying stuff in this body. That would go around the Earth more than twice. Earth's about 25,000. That's more than twice around the Earth. Without your heart, your body quickly ceases to function. We're often reminded that as heart disease is the number one cause of death in the Western world, yeah.
1: You know, I had to fact check that 60,000 mile thing, and it's true. Trust me. It is true. (laughs) The New International Version of Scripture, we find the heart mentioned over 700 times. That's a lot. 700 times. Now, do you know how many times the brain is mentioned? Shout it out. Let's
0: hear some guesses. Seven.
1: Seven. Who else?
0: Yeah, that's the perfect number, so that would be a good guess.
1: Guess what? Zero. Brain, zero. Zero. Now, the mind (laughs) is mentioned 163 times, but the heart, the heart, over 700 times. Interesting thing is the vast majority of times the heart is mentioned, it has very little to do with its blood pumping ability. (laughs)
0: it's like in our culture we talk about the heart a lot don't we Uh, and we find all kinds of expressions like oh uh, Laura's not even here today bless your heart Ah, bless your little heart And, and yet more often than not we're speaking of it not as a vital organ but as the seat of our emotions put your heart into it you broke my heart I love you with all my heart thank you And of course, that classic, some of you aren't old enough for this, but some of you are, that classic, country classic from years ago, Don't Tell My Heart, My my Achy, Breaky breaky heart." Heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Now, in ancient times, including biblical times, they understood other internal organs to be the seat of the emotions. This is pretty interesting, the liver... The kidney and even the bowels, for example, were recognized as the seat of emotions. In fact, we find this in Scripture, the Old Testament, Lamentations 2.11. Here we read, My eyes fail from weeping. I am in torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed. Because children and infants faint in the streets, of the city. So we're going to leave that scripture up for just a moment as you focus on this.
0: And it's interesting with Bible interpretation, there's different ways to interpret. One is absolutely word for word interpretation, the other is kind of word for word, but kind of expressing the idea because in different cultures, different words share a different connotation. And this is an example. Because if we do a little research, we find the Hebrew word that here is, uh, we put into English as within. Actually, if you go to the Hebrew, the word is translated to refer to the viscera or the guts, the stomach, uh, even the bowels. It could be interpreted. So here, this translates, my gut, my stomach, my bowels are in torment. But see, in this culture, my bowels are in torment sounds like you ate something bad for dinner. You know? And so that's why they translate it that way. I am in torment within. Uh, and, And... What's interesting, in the next line, if we put that back up there, the Hebrew word translated as heart is, is, is translated liver everywhere else in the Bible. There's like 13 other translations. Every single one of them is liver except this one heart. Strange, isn't it? Strange. And see, sometimes it's not exactly, it's the idea that's trying to be conveyed, um, you know, because they're not talking about the heart or the liver here. They're talking about the seat of the emotions, it's not the actual uh, organ they want to be talking about. Apparently, the more current translators understand that my liver poured out on the ground just doesn't have the same meaning in this culture as, as my heart poured out on the ground. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I guess that's why in our culture we use more often I love you with all my heart Then we use, baby, you make my liver quiver, okay? I'm just saying. Shake your head here.
1: (laughs) Let's get back to the heart. Good idea. We find the heart in Scripture first, in Genesis, of course, the beginning, the first book of the Bible. It's in chapter 6, verse 5. Check this out. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. It's interesting that this is where we meet the heart.
0: Yeah, first time. The thoughts of the human heart. That's a strange expression, isn't it? The thoughts of. Have you ever considered your heart as the center of thought in your body? It's weird, isn't it? And yet, there it is. It's right in Scripture, thoughts of the human heart. In our culture, heart is often a metaphor for the emotions, right? For the emotions. But here in Genesis, it goes further and deeper than that. As David Steinberg points out in an article online on body part metaphors in the Bible, the meaning of heart in Scripture includes many things, depending on where you find it. It includes courage. It can mean desire, it can mean emotions, it can mean memory, it can mean intellect or rational thought, and it can even mean the totality of the personality of a person, especially the inner self, one's inclination. Heart, depending on where you find it, can mean any of those things. And so
1: when we consider that, it opens up a much broader understanding of some of the familiar Bible expressions that we've heard and that we've used over the years for example Proverbs 3 5 this is a scripture that many of us know trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths
0: straight trust uh, trust in the Lord with all of your heart on the one hand all your emotions but then we can expand it with all of your thoughts, with your entire personality. So it's not saying trust Him with your heart or blood-pumping muscle. It's trust Him with everything you got. got. Trust in the Lord, with your everything. Wow. Wow. Makes sense, doesn't it? Since the heart is the very center of our lives, both literally and figuratively, in all your ways, with everything you have, All your thoughts and emotions, submit it all to the Lord, and he will make your path straight. Give it all over to God, everything you've got, all your heart.
1: There's another another example in Proverbs chapter 4. Here we have (coughs) a father offering his sons some life lessons. Now, he says that they should not step foot on the paths of the wicked way or walk with evil, evildoers, but instead, follow the path of righteousness. And that's what God wants for all of us too, following the path of righteousness or right living. Here's what he shares next, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it.
0: Guard your heart. I don't think he's telling his boys to eat healthy, to not smoke, to control their blood pressure, although those are ways to control, to guard the heart, right? Yeah. He's telling his sons that above all else, they should be on guard. They should protect themselves emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, relationally, psychologically. The heart is the center of life, basically. Everything flows from it. And so we need to guard our heart, both literally and, figu- and metaphorically, guard it from a physical standpoint, as it is the center of the flow of blood in our bodies, but also from an emotional and intellectual standpoint, we need to guard ourselves against evil, as the author, mm, author as the writer, warns his sons.
1: We see the heart mentioned a lot in the book of Psalms. One of the most well-known psalms involving the heart is Psalm 51. King David wrote this psalm after the prophet Nathan confronted him because he had committed adultery. David had committed adultery with Bathsheba who was someone else's wife. David opens this psalm by asking the Lord to have mercy upon him, to um, blot out his transgressions. Transgressions are the sin, those things that uh, block us from having that full relationship with God to purge him, that he has um, been sinful and done um, what God didn't want in God's sight. And so he asked the Lord to wash him clean. This is a psalm that is also a song that together we will worship to at the end of this service. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a right, a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. This is the good part, too. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, <clears throat> and sustain in me a willing spirit.
0: Hmm. Create me a clean heart. Again, I don't think David here is asking the Lord to help him with a heart-healthy diet. He's not asking God to remove the plaque and all the other junk that's clogging up his heart and his arteries. No, create in me a clean heart, O Lord. It's a metaphor. Cleanse my soul. Cleanse my thoughts. Cleanse the very core of my being. Put a new and right spirit in within me, Lord. Don't send me away. Don't take your spirit from me. Restore me. Restore my soul. Restore my spirit. Restore my thoughts. Restore my dreams. Restore my very being to what it was before I sinned so badly against you. Restore the joy of your salvation. Sustain a willing spirit in me, Lord.
1: What a great psalm. Psalm 51. When you have your Bibles or your Bible app, just bookmark that. It's a really great go-to psalm. Create in me a clean heart. Restore a what-right spirit within me. Cleanse me, God. Forgive me. Help me live out your purpose and your plan for my life.
0: Throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the the books at the beginning of the New Testament, second part of the Bible, the books that tell us about Jesus, who He was, what He did, what He said, we find Jesus referring to the heart frequently. And and, and one of the most well-known comes um, at a point where He's preparing His disciples for life without Him. As he's uh, getting closer to the cross, closer to, closer to the, his death, resurrection, and ascension to heaven. And he, and he wants to prepare his disciples and, and offers them some really incredible words of comfort. Uh, this is a scripture that's often shared in funerals because of that. They're great words of comfort. John 14, 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled you believe in god believe also in me jesus says
1: he wants them to know that things will be okay even though he will not be with them in the flesh but he will be with them in spirit and the heart trouble that he talks of here again is metaphorical it's not cholesterol triglycerides any of that it has everything to do with their minds and their souls, with the very core of their being with their guts,
0: if you will. Hmm. And then Jesus continues sharing how, and you maybe have heard this, maybe you're familiar with this, how his father's house has, has many rooms and how he's going to prepare a place for them. And he goes, if he goes to prepare a place, he will come back for them so that where he is, they will be Also. You know, he's saying that not just to his disciples, but to you and me as well. Comfort, comfort, comfort. And then he says that the father is in him and and that he's in the father. And if the then if they've seen him, Jesus, they've seen the father. Like like father, like son. Yeah. And he tells them then that the that that the father will send um, an advocate. When Jesus is going he'll send an advocate, the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And that Holy Spirit will teach them and remind them of everything Jesus has shared with them in their time together. And then he comes full circle from John 1, 14.1 uh, to John 14.27, and he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts Hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Wow.
1: wow. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Have you ever felt that, had a troubled heart, you know, experienced it? I know we all have. And some of us are even in the midst of that now where, where it just, it, it hurts. I mean, there's, there's a physical hurt. And that could come from, A lot of different things it could come from loss of something or someone near and dear a a betrayal a loss of a relationship a a loss of some health um, a career there's a whole lot that just uh it just hurts it hurts and we feel it we feel it right in our chest and so in those cases, our heart is, is troubled. And Jesus knew that we would feel like that. And that's why he gives us this powerful message. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm sending you an advocate. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit who will comfort you and love you in the midst of all of that. And I can bring you peace in the midst of all of that. I can, I, you know, The situation might not change, but I am there with you. I can be with you in the midst of heartbreak. And you can have, even in the midst of heartbreak, a sense of peace that passes all understanding. For me, as I interpret that, that sense of peace is that I know that I know that I know that no matter what and no, how, no matter how much I hurt or no matter what we experience, that God is with me. And for that alone... I can still have a sense of peace.
0: Mm. Heartbreak. (laughs) That's what we call it, isn't it? Heartbreak. And as Kerry said, heartbreak often comes from some kind of loss. Relationship, uh, health, whatever, often comes from a loss. And and Jesus never told us he was going to take away those losses, did he? He never said he was going to take away our heartbreak. I mean, that, that's part of life. It's part of life. But, but he doesn't want our hearts to continue to be troubled. He doesn't wave a magic wand, but at the same token, he doesn't want that heartbreak to continue. He wants us to find peace in the midst of... Of that heartbreak. That's, that's why we call it that peace that passes all understanding. Because if we use our brains, we say, it doesn't make sense to have peace in the midst of heartbreak, does it? That doesn't make sense. It's not logical. And yet that's what Christ offers and, and, and wants us to find that peace to, at the very core of our being, at the very heart of the matter, to be at peace somehow. And and we say, how can that possibly happen? How can I be at peace in the midst of heartbreak? Well, back to Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. With all of your heart. With everything you've got, trust in the Lord.
1: So trusting the Lord with everything we got, got. It's not easy. I confess that I fall so short that I take control of my own life instead of handing it over. And every day I say, okay, God, I'm going to hand it over until I take it back. And then I remember I need to keep handing it over. It's just part of our human condition. But it's hard to trust the Lord if we don't know him. And it's hard to trust the Lord if we don't know what he says. And so it's oh so important to have that relationship with the Lord so that we can indeed trust him. It's hard to trust a stranger, isn't it? If I'm out at the store and I just see somebody I don't know, I'm not going to trust them. But I will trust somebody that I'm in relationship with, some friends, some family. I can trust them. And that is the same with God. We've got to know God in order to trust God. And the first step is to invite him into our hearts. That's kind of invite God into my heart. That's an interesting expression now that we're thinking about it. Invite him. So, you know, it's not that Jesus takes residence up, you know, in that ball, you muscle, <laughs> although he does live in us, but taking Residence up into our very being, our our soul, our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. Inviting Jesus into our heart means that asking Him, like David did back in Psalm 51, "Oh Lord, create in me a clean heart." I recognize my my sinfulness; There's places where I um, am willfully disobedient at times, and other times just kind of out of ignorance. Create in me a clean heart. Help my soul be washed clean. And Jesus did that for us when he died on the cross. He took all that so that we can, when we invite Jesus into our heart, be forgiven and be free. It's like we're all bound up in chains, and when we accept Jesus into our heart it's like those chains just fall away some of you might have experienced that where it's like wow I am free of whatever it is that and it could be a lot of different things for me you know in my life it's been um Pride and control and addiction and all kinds of things where when I pray and lean into those particular areas and really trust the Lord with it, it is so freeing. So what is that for you? What place do you need for Jesus to come in and create in you a clean space, a clean heart? Might be for the first time you're even using those words, or it might be the the thousandth time. But today's the day to take a look inside and see those areas that we kind of need to do some house cleaning, or even say come into my life for the very first time. At at the end of this service, if you're online, don't, don't click off. Really, let's worship to the last song, Create in Me a Clean Heart, because it's scripture. It's more scripture. It's Psalm 51. And it all comes down to opening ourselves up to Jesus, changing our hearts, transforming our lives. That's why he came. And that's the good news, that he lived and he died and he rose again for each one of us. For a new life, a clean heart, a new start. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, create in each one of us a clean heart. Lord, renew a right spirit within us. God, in these days of of COVID and everything else that's happening, there just feels, it feels like a heaviness, God. And sometimes it's just hard to see you, but help us look for you in the ordinary things. And God, if there's anyone in this place or watching online who's ready to take a step for the first time, God, I'm just going to say a prayer And if you're listening or say it in your head, everybody that's joining us, Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for coming into my life. I accept you. I claim you as my Lord. God, I want to put you first. It's hard. I want to put you first. Thank you for sending your son to die for me so that I can be, we can be forgiven free thank you Lord for the joy of your salvation and we give our very lives to you our hearts which encompasses everything we are we pray this in your most holy and precious name everybody agreed and said amen
0: thank you for joining us for our podcast